1: No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports and Other But Sports with Kent Sterling for Friday, May 8th, 2020, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Today's Dentistry is rolling. They got all the PPE they need to keep you and they safe. Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist I've ever gone to, they got great hygienists like Cassie, who cleaned my teeth just a couple of weeks ago. Things are great out there. You haven't gone to a dentist in a while. All this hunkering down has taken you kind of out of your routine of going to the dentist every six months. This is a great time to call today's dentistry, 317 849 29 Three, three. Today, it's a Friday. The weather sucks here. I don't know what it's like in the city of Chicago. I assume it sucks there. Let's get Harry on the line to ask questions today. Harry, how is life in quarantine in the city of Chicago? Are, are you at Wills Northwood's tap? Oh,
0: hell No, thanks for bringing that up, Canil We're not there. Dutchie and I are hunkered in our spacious condominium on Chicago's Gold Coast. We've got our own bartender who we hired. He's out of work, because Wills has been closed by this idiot Pritzker and this mayor who's a dunderhead in Chicago. And so we called Wills, and we said, hey, get us Scotty's number, our bartender. We want to hire him. So we hired him but he's got to sit in the hallway and pour our cocktails through the mail slot in the front door. <laughs> that barely counts as human interaction and the glasses we use have to be exceptionally short. So they're short, they're wide. You know what? We enjoy it. it's like drinking out of a duchy. Short and wide. <laughs> I better not aggravate her. She's the only human being I'm allowed to see for the foreseeable future. Let's get right to the questions, shall we? All right. Number one, why did the Colts get only one prime time game on their schedule?
1: It's all math, Harry. It's all about revenue. It's all about ratings. Indianapolis is a small market, right? It doesn't rank with the Chicago's, the Los Angeles's, the San Francisco's, the New York's, the Atlanta's. It just doesn't. There aren't as many viewers in central Indiana for Colts primetime games as there are in other cities. There aren't as many fans. See what I'm saying? Number two, they were seven and nine last year. Thoroughly mediocre team. Right? They're not exciting to watch. He didn't drive ratings last year. And so the thought is they're not going to drive ratings this year. And number three, they don't have any marketable stars. The most, the best-known guy playing for the Colts is Phillip Rivers, who's never been to a Super Bowl and didn't drive ratings when he was out with the Chargers in Los Angeles. In fact, Chargers fans couldn't fill the 30,000-seat soccer stadium that the Chargers played in last year. So there is no reason to expect that from a national perspective, people are going to watch the Colts. It's all about ratings it's all about revenue that those ratings generate it has nothing to do with some kind of bias against indianapolis or some kind of ill feelings about the city and indianapolis people those who live here who take it personally are just way out of their depth
0: number two all right let's dovetail off that right why do indie fans take it as a personal snub
1: i have no idea here's my deal Indianapolis is a terrific city. I used to live in Chicago. Then my family moved down to Indianapolis, not for professional reasons, but because this is a much more livable place. The city of Chicago, no offense, Harry, is built on a foundation of graft, corruption, and indifference to humanity. That's what keeps that city where they call it the city that works. It works through corruption. I don't like corruption. I like Indianapolis. Indianapolis's economic driver is sports, not graft. It's about being nice to one another. When people came here for the Super Bowl in 2012, do you know what they left thinking? Man, those people are nice. What a nice city. It's easy to get around. It's comfortable. The people are empathetic, and we like it. I I I would not move from here back to Chicago in a minute. And I'm thrilled that it doesn't get a whole lot of national play, because if it did, people in Chicago who are paying crazy state and city taxes would move here in a minute. If they had any idea what life was like in Indianapolis, they would leave Chicago in an instant and come down here to Indianapolis. And we don't need Chicagoans bringing Chicago to Indy. We are really, really happy with Hoosiers being Hoosiers in Indianapolis and treating each other with some empathy and decency and having a sense of fun rather than being this corrupt and and unpleasant populace that unfortunately defines life as it exists in Chicago. So people here, they they want people nationally to look at Indianapolis and say, man, that's a great city. We know it's a world-class city here. And people here get a little bit insecure about others from other places not understanding that. Look, and and what people in Indianapolis have to understand is the way we think about Columbus, Ohio, or St. Louis, Missouri, or Louisville, Kentucky, or any of a number of, you know, mid-sized uh, Midwestern cities. That's the way they think about us. People in St. Louis, they barely know Indianapolis exists. People in Columbus... They they have no interest in anything in Indianapolis. People in Louisville are happy in Louisville. They don't need to come to Indianapolis. People in Indianapolis have got to understand we have it great, and the fewer people who know it's great, the greater it's going to be because we're not going to get the influence of these other cities where life is different and not quite so happy.
0: Wow. You don't like Chicago at all, do you?
1: I lived there for a long time, and I understand this about Chicago. Chicagoans exist in order to aggravate other Chicagoans, in the measure that Chicagoans aggravate them. I don't need that kind of energy in my life. I'm really happy here where people make eye contact with each other, say hello in a way that actually conveys friendliness. I like it here. This is a really, really good city filled with really, really good people. Yeah, Indianapolis has its bad points. What's going on right now with with police shootings, not real good. We don't like that. But that kind of thing happens in Chicago every damn day. I am not going to sit. And you know what? Chicago's got some great things, too. You don't have Wrigley Field in Indianapolis. You've got Wrigley Field in Chicago. You don't have the theater in uh, Indianapolis that you have in Chicago. I get all that. The restaurants, I get it. Although Indianapolis restaurants, I don't think, take a backseat to anybody in the country. This is a different city. I like it a lot. Chicagoans, if you're happy with Chicago, God bless. Stay there. Enjoy yourselves. I am absolutely thrilled with what this city is, and Indianapolisans should be that as well.
0: All right, number three. What's the best part of just one primetime game?
1: The best part is that we know what we're doing on Sundays right? If you play Monday night, you play Sunday night, you play Thursday night. Let's say you've got five nationally televised games from one Sunday to the next. You're like, okay, what are we doing? Is it a Sunday one o'clock game? A Sunday 425 game? Is it a a Sunday night game? A Monday night game? A Thursday night game? What are we doing this week? You build your week kind of around your NFL team schedule. Well, we know right now that either 11 or 12 games are going to be played at one o'clock on Sunday. So we can kind of during this period of hunkering down, we can hunker down And know that on Sunday at 1 o'clock, it's kickoff time and we're going to be watching Colts football rather than watching Carolina play the Dolphins or the Saints play uh, Denver or the Rams play the Jets. We don't give a damn about those games. You have to gamble on those games in order to uh, invest any emotion in it. Your emotional investment in those games is absolutely proportionate to your financial investment in those games. Without fantasy football, who would watch, right? Well, we know Sunday at 1, it's Colts football. Or Sunday at 4 or 425, it's Colts football. That's going to happen three or four times during the season. And then once you got that Thursday night game, which just sucks. I hate Thursday night games. I don't hate them as much as I hate Monday night games. But if you've got a Sunday without Colts football, or you know, if you're in Chicago and you've got a Sunday without Bears football, what do you do? Like, people in Chicago, they're not going to watch the Colts play the Titans, right? People in Indianapolis, we're not going to watch the Bears play the Vikings. We got better stuff to do, but we like a repeatable schedule, so we have a routine, and that's the best part of one primetime game is the routine that it helps us keep with Sundays, 1 o'clock, being the time for Colts football.
0: Number four, given the Colts' schedule, what do you think their record's going to be in two thousand twenty?
1: All right, here's where things get interesting, right? Because now we get to actually talk about football. The Colts have a span of six weeks, five games in six weeks, where they don't play a team that had a winning record in 2019. In fact, the aggregate record of the teams week three through week eight, those five, and there's a buy-in there. So if you think you caught me in a math issue, you didn't. There's a buy-in there the five teams during that span from week three through week eight, the aggregate record, 26-53-1. You are going to have to make hay during that period of the schedule or you're not going to make the playoffs. That's a good thing for the Colts because it seems that over the past couple of years, T.Y. Hilton's health, as seasons have gone on, that health has eroded, okay? So maybe by week eight, the colts could actually be 6 and 2 and put themselves in a position where even a 4 and 4 second half gets them to 10 and 6 and 10 and 6 likely gets you into the playoffs in the first quadrant i've got the only loss being against the vikings who are a superior team but they're playing in indy and and look i think that the colts are going to win at jacksonville in the opener I think the next week they're going to lose against the Vikings. The Colts haven't won their first two games in any season since 2009. That's quite a while. Uh, they're going to beat the Jets at home. They're going to lose, to the, or they're going to beat the Bears on the road. Then they're going to win their next three at Cleveland, against Cincinnati, and at Detroit. That's the period of the schedule where they got to make some hay. Then it gets a little bit more difficult. You've got a game here against Baltimore. You go on the road on a Thursday night to Tennessee. Both those games are going to be really difficult. Baltimore last year, 14-2, and two, one of the best teams in the National Football League. And then you go on the road to Tennessee. Winning on the road on Thursday nights is really, really difficult. So that gives you a 6-4 and four record with six games left. I've got the Colts winning at best if their health remains really, really good. I've got them winning four of those six to go 10-6 and six and make the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. I'm usually a little bit optimistic about that. I've got them beating the Bears. Maybe with Nick Foles, the Bears get halfway decent. Maybe Detroit or Cincinnati is going to be a little bit better. Maybe the Browns kind of pop through. Uh, They've got a game against Pittsburgh, a game at Las Vegas that I've got as a win for the Colts. But you know what? Who knows what the Raiders are going to look like this year? And, And so projecting is always remember what happened in 2014, Harry. I uh, earned 15. I guaranteed 13 and three. And I said, I would bleach my hair white if they didn't hit 13 wins. Well, uh, they guaranteed themselves not hitting 13 wins by the time we got to the middle of October. And I walked around looking like an idiot for about four months until I finally shaved my head for charity.
0: number five, what should be the penalty for Kansas basketball? They've, they've run into some trouble.
1: They have run into trouble, Harry, and that trouble that's staring at them, uh, NCAA violations, level one violations for the Jayhawks program, uh, five of them, five level one rips, and that's not good. I don't know that it's unprecedented, but I cannot recall the last time that the NCAA came with a notice of allegations that communicated five level one violations. Kansas has filed their reply and so this thing's going to go before some kind of a board, the independent resolution panel, whose finding and penalty would not be subject to appeal. So this thing at some point is going to be over, but Bill Self has already said he doesn't want to coach beyond the time he turns 60. I think he's 58. So I, I think his suspension or show cause order is going to coincide nicely with his 60th birthday. And he's just going to walk into the sunset at that point. It's about the penalties that Kansas has to deal with. And the penalties that Kansas has to deal with, they're going to be substantial. I don't think they're going to get the death penalty. But given the way in which they're fighting the NCAA over these allegations, you know what? It wouldn't be surprising to me if the NCAA took this very seriously and brought down a rather heavy hammer on – the University of Kansas. Because what Kansas is saying, they're not disputing the facts. What they're saying is that those facts don't amount to NCAA violations, which is preposterous. So I think the NCAA seeing a lack of cooperation from Kansas is going to be especially hard on them. Kansas is going into the North Carolina playbook. Remember the academic fraud deal with North Carolina, Mary Willingham and all of that, uh, basketball players not needing to go to class and getting A's, shadow classes, all of that. The the University of North Carolina said that's not a violation, an NCAA violation. What it is, is an academic violation. And if the people who oversee the academics at the University of North Carolina, if they want to bring down the hammer, they could do that. Because this was a shadow class, but less than half of the students in it were athletes. The rest were Gen Pop students, and as a result, this is not an athletic violation. They had every attorney with a North Carolina either undergrad or law school degree in the world working on this deal, and they got it past the NCAA, and so no uh, no violations were really meted out against North Carolina in that instance. That's not going to happen this time. This is a different deal. Players were getting paid by a shoe company with a vested interest in the University of Kansas. That's, I I think, a black-letter violation of NCAA rules. And so the NCAA, I think, is going to come down especially hard on Kansas.
0: You should have been an attorney, Ganilres. Pithy answer right there. Hey, have a great weekend and remember, Cadillus, Mother's Day on Sunday, right? We'll talk to you next week. Dutchie, get me another squatty from Scotty. (laughs) All
1: right, thanks, Harry. Want to remind everybody, like Harry did, it's Mother's Day on Sunday. Very selfless things your mothers have done for you. The very least you can do is pay homage on Sunday, Mother's Day. Get that done. And then this weekend, hopefully the last one where we're really hunkering down in the city of Indianapolis. Be good to each other. Keep each other safe. Be empathetic toward one another, but find a way to have a good time too, would you? We'll talk to you Monday morning, Breakfast with Kent Bright and Early, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, and then at about 8.15 on Periscope slash Twitter, a show so nice we do it twice. Can't wait to talk to you then. plus.